For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our paper two days ago telling us who we have to take. Welcome back to another episode of the Believe in NFL Draft Prospects podcast. I'm Joe DeLeon, joined by Ryan Roberts. Today, we are wrapping up the offensive tackle class giving our overview of the group as well as sharing some players that we might be a little bit higher on than the consensus, a little bit lower on than the consensus. No Alex Gilstrap today. He is enjoying some time off. I believe he's on vacation. Alex, hope you enjoy your time away. Ryan, this offensive tackle class, though, has been a, a fun week of evaluations. And I think looking at this, this group as a whole, the one thing that stands out, and you, you told this to me going in, and, and I fully agree with it now, it, it really is... A lot of projection. We've got a lot of guys that are talented, that have various traits. The guys that, for me, that sit at the top of the class, specifically Paris Johnson and Peter Skaronsky, those guys, you can't necessarily fully project them as tackles just yet. I think you could make the argument for both of them, but there is that possibility that they're guards. There's guys like Blake Freeland, who is enormously big, but hasn't really hit that potential of what he can do for a player of that size because he's so new to the position. There is a lot of volatility for how this group is going to shape up, not as talented right now as it was last year, but there are some really fun names to keep track of going into this upcoming college football season. I'll say this, Joe. I got more positive about this group the further we went into the week because I started to find yes. more guys that I think are getting talked about very much and maybe near the top of the class when it's all said and done. I, I have a hot take when we get into our first section here. I do have a hot take for you as I try to always have something ready. But, I mean, there's projection here. But right now it's not a great class. It's not. But it is – it was nice going through the week and trying and finding a couple guys that you're kind of like, oh, okay, yeah, I can get there with that guy, right? So I feel better about the group than I did going into the week, but it's still not a great offensive tackle class right now. Yeah, you kind of set me up for for failure here because you, you know you set me up talking all this crap about the class. You tweeted about how it's not a good group, and so I'm I'm coming in at the beginning of the week thinking this is going to be a bunch of shitty ass offensive linemen that that can't block they're going to be so just, raw and sloppy guard week man sweet offensive we're not week. doing offensive guard we're doing interior oh. offensive linemen and, and i got I two guards in there i got two I, guards in there i love watching centers I, I might i might bypass you i might agree to the list that you sent me that we're watching and i might just watch two centers that day and then we're going to talk about those two other centers no I, I talk about centers. I, I would do an extra show to get more centers in just because centers to me are very fun to watch. But I, I do agree with that. And I think we always fall into this trap, not us specifically, but just in general, that at the uh, during the summer, 
we always go with the big names from the big schools that received all conference honors that statistically were dominant. They're always going to top the lists coming into the summer and during the summer because that's how you're going to put together your list of names to know is based on who were the top performers. There are always going to be tons of guys that are just not talked about and not brought up because they're under the radar. Maybe it's because they're at a small school. Maybe it's because they're on a bad program. A guy that we're going to talk about today is on a bad program, so he's not getting as much notoriety as he really deserves to do. It's just that we need to always remember if you're like watching one of our shows and you're thinking to yourself, how do they not bring up this guy? Or why are they not that high on, on this guy? I heard that he was really good. It's typically just because the, the general media that covers college football will always hype up the guys with accolades. And our perspective here is to look at those guys, break down the, the general assumptions, and provide the real context by doing those film evaluations. Perfect example for your, for your context there. The one of the more recent highest accoladed offensive tackles in college football over the last few years, probably you know, dating back maybe like five years or so. Do you remember Mitch Hyatt that played with Clemson, the left tackle? Oh, Joe, he was like he was an all ACC first teamer like every yeah. single year and an all American twice. Like he was such a highly coveted player and he was a high recruit coming out. My guy didn't get drafted and he hasn't stuck in the NFL, like just that. The accolades don't always matter, right? Like it's, it's, I mean, just to, to reiterate your point, it's the fact that, yes, when you first start your lists, you're looking for all Americans, you're looking for all conference, you're looking for traits, right? Like those are how you kind of devise those lists. Because let's be honest, if you're not an all conference or all American performer on college level, you're probably not going to be a great NFL player. Like those things usually follow suits. That's but, I mean, true. That's, yeah. that's true. But the, the people that vote on these lists, and I'm not saying that they're not they don't know what they're talking about. They obviously do. They're 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 so tapped in, they're they pay so much attention to what's going on. That's why they're the people who vote for these lists. But it's typically either media people or it's coaches. When the coaches do it, they're always they they're always pushing their guy. Guy their guy. Well, actually, I don't know if yeah, I mean, they'll probably push their guys. But the other thing, too, is they're just going to push guys from big programs that they recognize names. But I think sometimes the media guys do the same thing is if they recognize a name, guy who's a top recruit and he's been starting for a couple years, that's usually why they get picked. Right. So that's that's kind of where it comes into play. That's why some of these guys on these bad teams get yeah. overlooked. Yeah, it's like the big school thing, right? There's a stigma around that. And then, I mean, it's even simply like I, I vote for the Davey O'Brien and it's like a guy might be a great college quarterback, a better college quarterback than another quarterback. But the fact of the matter is, is that they don't have traits that are going to profile to the next level. So when we're projecting, what are you, what are you looking at me like that? No, no, no. I have a question. Who did you vote for for the Davey O'Brien this year? I actually got the... Um, are you I allowed to for, say? Do I, I don't want you to Yeah, I can do it. I, okay. I can do it. It's fine. Um, so the final vote, you were allowed three players that you voted for. And I actually got the three finalists. I voted for Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, and Kenny Pickett. And then Bryce Young won. So... Are you allowed to tell us who is on your watch list? Like who? Are you, well, how, does that, how does that? How, how does that work for? Because they usually put out a watch list, right? Yeah, I so they put out a watch list. I haven't been. Why didn't we talk about this quarterback week? I completely I forgot know. I that for, you did I this. I know, man. That's I know. on I, you. So there's three votes for the Davey O'Brien. There will be one in the preseason. I don't even know how many are voted at that point. There'll be there will be a midseason one where I think we vote for like 
16 guys or something. And there's a final one where you go for like three or something. So that's, I guess the semifinalists and then into the finalists is the three votes. So I don't know why we didn't talk about it. Why don't you pay attention to my profile? It literally says Davey O'Brien you got, voter. You, you've got too much crap going on, man. It's hard to f- know what you're doing these days. You, you're like an assistant special teams coach at like a random school. You, I wouldn't According put, to put huddle. past me. <laughs> Yeah, according to Huddle, I wouldn't put put it past me that you do that in your free time, or you know, you coach track, or you're I mean, also I mean, still tutoring talk, kids. And I mean, we talk every day. You could just ask me about my personal life. But there's there's too many. Like I ask you about your personal life, and there's too many. Th- we're not getting into it. I want to get into this tackle class. Before we do, though, let's talk about today's sponsor, Bet Online. If you're like me, and I, I keep saying this. Baseball is the most boring sport to watch. If you're a football fan, it is a total 180. I decided I'm going to make the games interesting to pay attention to, so I started betting on them. I only put $10 down. I don't go crazy. Just make it a little bit more entertaining. And Trust me, if you don't do that already, I encourage you to do it because it, it does add a little bit more excitement. Build up that bankroll for the college football season like I'm doing. Our partners at Bet Online is where you should head, and they continue to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the NBA and NHL playoffs, Major League Baseball fights, and even next season's NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started, so head to their website today or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. All right, Ryan, offensive tackles, starting off with guys that were higher on maybe than the consensus. Uh, I'll go first because we've already talked about this guy. Don't know if he necessarily fits the the mold of higher on than the consensus, but I, I'm very, very high on this kid, Paris Johnson. Offensive tackle, previously played guard, now going to be playing tackle for Ohio State. The reason why I think he fit this is because you and I had this discussion when we broke him down the other day, and you said, oh, this is a day two kid. I honestly would take him anywhere from 15 beyond in the first round. And my reasoning for that is I think he's a a road grader, run blocker. He finishes until the whistle. I, I loved his presence as a run defender. Those questions as a pass blocker deserve to come up because he doesn't block a lot of guys in space. He doesn't go up against a lot of faster defenders. He was mostly handling heavy defensive tackles, which he did a really, really good job of telling me he has the play strength that you want with an offensive tackle. The reason why I think that he deserves to be in that conversation of being a 15 and beyond first round draft pick is because if he doesn't pan out as a as a tackle to me he looked like a first round guard on tape where he was as a junior last year I can be fairly confident myself that if you ask him to play guard after he's probably going to take some steps forward this upcoming season because he's very athletic he's very talented I would 100% put him on my offensive line at either guard position if he was not fit as a tackle you just watched his high school highlight tape and you fell in love. Oh, stop it. I'm just kidding. Stop it. I did post a I did post a reel of those those clips if anyone wants to check that out. I saw man. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. Yeah, he's he's a bully. He really is. And I, I agree with the the thought process, Joe. I mean, I think that he's gonna at least be a good guard at the next level, but I think he has substantial tackle upside. So he's just a wait and see guy for me because I think the traits are there to play tackle, but we just haven't seen it yet, you know? So, um, 
I'm excited about Paris Johnson, but he is a very large unknown right now, which is the only reason that I'm one call. I wouldn't say hesitant because less bullish early second round. Yeah. Less bullish. We'll call it that. Right. Like he's incredibly talented. He could be the first offensive tackle off the board. If he puts everything together, there's just projection there. Projection isn't always bad. It's just, we literally haven't seen him play the position yet. All right, your guy, though, I, I'm very intrigued to talk about. He's one of the – I think, actually, he's the only guy that we have not discussed this week. He was a little bit of a late find for you. Uh, big dink that uh, Jim Nagy finds him a day after you happen to tweet about this, man. Dude, I had so much fun watching him. I clipped a, uh-huh. a couple of his plays. This dude is mean. He is strong. Uh, f- go ahead and discuss Jalen Duncan from Maryland. Yeah, uh, so real quick, the positives and negatives on Jalen Duncan, and then I'm going to end this with a hot take here, right? Jalen Duncan is six foot six, 320 pounds. Looks legit to me. I'd say he's 6'5", some legit. change. I, yeah, I think he's got the height. He's definitely a, a massive dude. Arm length looks good on film. I have no concerns there. The first, first play I saw of him, Joe, they ran like a little – power lead type of thing where they pulled him in, you know, in and made him go to backside a gap. It's almost like a, it was a, it was like a tackle lead. It was a very odd play, but he looked very smooth, man. I'm like, Oh, this kid can move a little bit. Like he can move. He's got quick feet. And then you saw, I, I posted the one clip on Twitter a couple of days ago and I shared it with Joe yesterday where it was um, he was blocking down on a play, and I mean he literally displaced the gap against a defensive tackle with one arm, right? And you just see like that natural power. I'm just like, yeesh. Yeah. So he's got all the unteachables. He's powerful. He's got good feet. I think set points are still something that needs to be improved. Like I think that his angles aren't always the best in pass protection, but I think that he has incredible upside in that department, and it didn't even really hurt him too much. I mean, if you watch the game against Michigan, like I thought he handled a job. Oh, he thought he handled Hutchinson, watched a couple more of his games. I was, I was just consistently impressed. So the hot take here, Joe, he might be offensive tackle one, man. Wow. It's possible. It, what, what, what's, what's holding him back? I mean, really, what's, I, what is, I, I don't think anything holds him back for me. Yeah. I thought I was, I was coming here fully prepared to be the more aggressive one on him because you hit on all the things. He's he's so freaking fluid. He's a really, really good athlete. Yep. The way that you know a, a tackle's a good athlete is when the offensive line coach goes to the offensive coordinator and says, this kid can pull. We're going to ask him to pull, and we're going to yep. send him to the second level a ton because he moves that well. You talked about those, you know, those set points. I think his hand placement was a bit inconsistent. Like the reps that he... He didn't really lose any reps in that game, but the reps that he struggled on is because he was firing and re- like was delayed or, or just was was misfiring his hands where they could have been in a better position. Um, the technique, I think, could be cleaned up, but the traits are all there. I had him as as OT3 in my head because I, I, I even said this on the show when we talked about Skaronsky and Paris Johnson. For me right now, it's Skaronsky, Paris Johnson, Jalen Duncan, just because I think that there's a little bit more refinement that needs to happen with Duncan I mean I would say right now that he has he has the best film as far as the highs of anyone that I've seen at offensive tackle right again Paris Johnson has not played tackle I know projecting and honestly Joe even this ready if you put Paris Johnson and Jalen Duncan next to each other and you took their jersey numbers off and you weren't sure which one was which are they really that different from a physical perspective like they're both massive 
good athletes, physical. I think that he's on par from a talent perspective with the Paris Johnson. And then the conversation for me, because I would actually have Paris Johnson probably at OT3 right now. I would have Skaronsky OT2 because I think that he's just such a clean player. But, I mean, he's going to have 32 and some odd inch arms and be 6'4 and 300 pounds, you know? And then you look mm-hmm. at a guy like a Jalen Duncan where if he hits his ceiling, man, I, I think that he has every ability to be a, a very good left tackle at the next level. Like he has left tackle traits on the next level. So yeah, I think he had the best film of any tackle that I saw this week. Not the most consistent film. Yes. That would be, that would be Peter Skaronsky, but the, the, the highs being as high as they were, where I could see maybe pro bowl level left tackle traits, I think at his best, I think Jalen Duncan might've been OT one this week. I think he is. I don't know. I, I don't I can totally see that. Um I don't currently agree just because I think I'm a little bit higher than the other two guys. But I will say I'd take him in the first round. I don't think that's a hot take. Early second first round. I don't think so. He reminds me of um do you remember Brandon Albert? Do you remember him? Yeah, that's an interesting came one. out of Virginia. He was a good left tackle for a pretty long time, played with the Chiefs, played with the Dolphins. I don't know if it was partly because of the same number, but like body type was similar, similar athletes, like just kind of reminded me of him. Like, I think that he's, he's a power based left tackle prospect, but also do can move too. Mm. Right. So yeah, I, I, I just see, I think left tackle traits there for days for a guy like Jalen Duncan. So getting on to guys that we don't necessarily understand the appeal on, uh, I, this one should be obvious because I, I talked, I talked about him so much. On yesterday's show, uh, Zion Nelson from Miami, the appeal for him, you you still do hear conversations of him fitting into the top five of the group. And I, I think that he's nowhere near the top five after watching the handful of guys that I watched this week. And I, I'm going to dive into some more throughout the remainder of the summer. I, I think there's just so much left to be desired with Zion Nelson. The big hang-up for me, and I, again, I understand the length. I understand the flexibility. He's got those things, and those things are traits that you can't coach in a player. But the lack of coaching of this player is why I'm really held off on him. It's not like he's raw in some some parts. Like Jalen Duncan has some things he needs to clean up. Zion Nelson needs a whole rework. His technique is sloppy. It is all over the place. And while I think Mario Cristobal and the new coaching staff at Miami – is going to help him. I, I think that he is very far behind compared to some of these other players. I, if I do understand correctly, he's a true junior going into this year. Senior. He's a senior. All right, well, never mind. It's gonna, that. Be, it's, it's gonna be his fourth year. I, I guess he would technically be a redshirt junior mm-hmm. because of the COVID year, right? That didn't count on anybody. So okay, he's a I would four-year player with junior eligibility. I thought he was a junior. And I would say he could, he should probably be someone who goes back, but now that's not even on the plate. So I don't like him. Well, I like him even back. less now. <laughs> he can he go can, back. But he I doubt he does. He I doubt he does. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's always possible. We'll see what happens. I, look, man, Zion Nelson is a wait and see guy for me. Uh, trades for days, day three player right now. Like that. He's a day three dart throw, but the talent is there. There's no doubt about it. So I'm willing to, See how Alex Mirabel and and the new coaching staff are able to develop him because I think that they have a couple of great offensive line guys on that staff. We'll see what happens, but he is not a short thing right now. But we'll see. 
Uh, you, on the other hand, were not a fan of Anton Harrison, who we talked about on Monday's show. What's uh, what's your reasoning for that? I mean, again, it's 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 comparative to where other people have him right now, right? Like I see him in first round mocks all the time, and I'm just like, I think I said on the show like third to fourth round, I'd be like okay with because he has upside. Like there's things to like, but game is just moving very fast for Anton Harrison right now. Like he needs work, man. Like the game is just not slowed down yet. Aiming points are, are not great. I don't think he plays hard on a snap-to-snap basis. There's things that need to improve with a kid. But, but again, he is 6'5", 6'6". Well, actually, you know, listed 6'6". He's like 6'4 6'5", like somewhere in that ballpark. 320 pounds, has good strength, has solid foot quickness. Everything is there for him to be an NFL offensive lineman. Just missing with it right now. He's definitely not a first-round player right now. There's no doubt about that. So that's I think that's why I'm a little lower, just because I've I've seen him in mock drafts in the first round, and not just one or two. Like I've seen several first-round mock drafts. And I just can't get there with Anton Harrison right now. I yeah. I mean, I understand where you're coming from on on Harrison. I I definitely still have to kind of plant my flag here and say that I think he's definitely better than Zion Nelson. Like I would I would take sure. him. And I would project him to do better than Zion Nelson. I think that maybe he fits at the very end of the, like the top five for me. Maybe I'm probably just on the outside because I, I think I would give Freeland a, a slight nod because of his traits being just so much freakier and so much better. Yes. The aiming points and the hand placement was the concern for me. I think if mm-hmm. you can get more consistency out of him on a snap for snap basis, like his best reps were pretty good. They were strong. But I, I do after being more exposed to the entire group. I'm lower on him after seeing all these other talented players, but I think mm-hmm. I'm still higher on him than you are. I don't, I don't think I'm willing to, to, you know, to be not completely out, but like to not be as in on him as, as you are. That's fair. That's fair. Joe, can we do a quick top five? Like real quick. We don't have to give like a ton of analysis to it. Yeah. Are go, you, go for it. Go for this? it. You, want, you want me to go first and then you, yeah, get yours? Yeah, you go first. All right. I'm, I, I'm going to stick with what I just said. Jalen Duncan, Number one, Maryland. Number two, Peter Skaronsky, Northwestern. Three, Parrish Johnson, Ohio State. Four, Blake Freeland from BYU. And number five for me would be Matthew Bergeron from Syracuse. Uh, I think based on how I projected some of these guys, I would probably go Skaronsky, Peter Skaronsky, one. Parrish Johnson, two. Jalen Duncan, three. Matthew Bergeron, four. And then Blake Freeland five. That's yeah, that's so probably yeah. So Anton Harris is probably six seven. Look, what not even really that close to coming in. Now that so I fully say it out loud, our our top five is the same. It's just di- order different. Di- di- yeah, different order. I, yeah. I like the fact that Bergeron's a bit more consistent than Freeland is, and he's yes. actually shown what he's capable of. So that's that's kind of where 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 I sit with him. So we've got a couple guys though that we wanted to bring up here at the end. Uh, some players that caught your attention, Ryan. I haven't necessarily gotten to all of these guys, um, but the three guys that you wanted to mention, uh, Walter, Ru- is it Rouse? I think it's Rouse. I from, wrong. S- from Stanford, Robert Scott Jr. from Florida State, and the FCS guy, Garrett Greenfield from South Dakota State. Yeah, I just wanted to roll through a couple of these guys because obviously we didn't get to everyone that we wanted to get to this week. I'll say Rouse was actually a kid, Joe, that almost went to Notre Dame, but he ended up going to Stanford. High academic kid. Really talented. 6'6". Right. Yeah. 6'6", 315, clean body, good athletes, developing power, just has not been coached very well. Like, it's been kind of a mess. I mean, if you think of some of the offensive tackles that 
the Stanford Cardinal have had over the last few years. You think about um, what was his name, Joe, that got drafted by the Jacksonville Jaguars? Not, Walker Little. They had Walker Little, and then they mm-hmm. had the right tackle, whose name is escaping me, that was like a five-star recruit as well. They've recruited well at offensive tackle. Not but developed they have not him. developed him. Have not developed him. Walter Ross is a really talented player. I want to see him with NFL coaching because I think that there is upside to him, but he is not there yet. Robert Scott Jr. from Florida State's a guy that I've seen, heard his name floated around a little bit. Really good athlete. Just he's not there right now, man. Like technical perspective, physicality perspective, just not there. He's got NFL level athleticism, though. So another developmental guy. And the last one's Garrett Greenfield from South Dakota State. He's like your typical FCS offensive lineman. He showed up to South Dakota State around 250, 260 pounds. Now he's 6'6", 300 pounds. Arm length is good. Good athletes. In the pass game, he's really good. Pass protection is awesome. Run game is not as good right now because he's just not a super overly physical guy. But he can get there, I think. He just needs to keep improving that play strength and that core strength. So... He's like a mid-round type of dude right now, Garrett Greenfield, for me. But I think he could be a day-two guy eventually if he takes a step forward. Like, I think he – I don't know. His film going into the year, I think it rivals uh, Trevor Penning's. You know, Trevor Penning was drafted in the first round. It's just Trevor Penning had maybe a little bit of higher traits. But I really do like Greenfield from South Dakota State, a guy to watch in that zone-based blocking scheme. He was a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, Greenfield's an interesting one to bring up because you – Every year we're going to try and figure out who's this next FCS offensive lineman to discuss. I don't think the ceiling is as high for him to go as early as Spencer Brown and as Trevor Penning did, but he's still somebody to be aware of. Sure. Yeah. No, he's not. He's not. He's not going to go as high as Trevor Penning. I mean, Trevor Penning just went top twenty in the in last draft, right? Mm-hmm. Spencer Brown went third rounds. That's a talking point. Maybe not he quite gone that higher. high, but. He's yeah. Well, he should have gone a lot higher. He was the best uh, UNI offensive tackle over the last two years. So that's a different conversation. But uh, I think that Greenfield has riser upside. He just needs to improve his play strength. But I think the athleticism and the length are there for him to be a good player. Folks, that's going to be it from us on today's show at Joe DeLeon at Rising Draft at NFL Prospects Pod and hit subscribe wherever you're tuning in. We've got interior offensive linemen coming next week in an interview with Matt Bergeron that is going to be dropping tomorrow morning. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.